What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Black House Podcast, episode two. We're here again with Black Politech. That's good. K. Dat. And your boy, as always, T. Jack's World. We got a couple of things going on and a couple of things that we want to talk about. So let's get right into it. Let's start with the horrendous George Floyd holiday cards. Now, for those of you that do not know, and it's fortunate that you didn't know before, but now you know, so you can be mad with us. In California, the LAPD, infamous as they are, decided to circulate a George Floyd holiday card. You're right. A holiday card that read, you take my breath away. I think we can imagine what's wrong with that. Black Politic, please take it away. Um, yeah, uh, so... I mean that's pretty much pretty much what it was. Some LAPD officers basically got caught circulating the holiday card, and obviously for those that it wasn't already obvious for, it's literally mocking the public execution basically of George Floyd by officers um, earlier or well, last year. Um, yeah, last year, literally one of the biggest sparks for all the following protests that ensued and occurred afterwards on 2020. Um, honestly, it's just, I mean, literally, like, literally, this is exactly why us activists organize why we still out here. You know, like... And what organizations are you with, Black Politech? Uh, which one? Shit. I mean, well, I'm, I'm with, I'm with, like, BLM Syracuse. Um... And a few other things, people's agenda for policing and stuff like that. Um, it's contemplating joining another organization, but we'll see what time I literally actually have for it. Um, but yeah, so it's just, it's just honestly, it's just a reminder. And and honestly, I think for me, the way I would see it is like, for all the people that honestly are just confusing themselves into being like, oh, well, we still like, it's about, it's still about the training somehow. And it's still about, we just need to reform the system da, 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 and all this other dumb stuff. It's it's like, you can't, you can't train somebody to not mock the murder of someone else because they don't care about black lives. Like you can't, you can't train that away. I'm not going to persuade them to not feel like that in a panel. There's not like a dialogue that needs to happen. They need to be removed. And then the structures that enable individuals like them need to be removed, which is why we say defund the police and invest in alternatives. Go ahead. And to be, uh, you know, just uh, factually accurate, we will be referring to George Floyd's situation as a murder. That's how it was ruled by the coroner in this case on some news outlets such as uh, Fox News. They have said that George Floyd's uh, was ruled as a um, an accidental death caused by an overdose of drugs in the system. So that is not what the coroner uh, who examined the George Floyd's body said. He said it was a homicide. So that is why we will be referring to it as a murder um, on this show. The other thing I wanted to address is 
when it comes to the training. You're right, Black Politech. It goes even further than just, you know, defunding and restructuring these organizations. We have to understand where does policing come from? Policing comes from a history of racism. We did not have a formal police, uh, foreign police organizations or unions in this country until after the Civil War. Why is that? After the Civil War, that is when policing the, the criminal justice system as we know it, the incarceration system as we know it, the bail system, and so on started to be created. Why were these things created? If you read the 13th Amendment, it says that no one shall be a slave unless you are arrested and you are put in prison for committing some type of felony. If you commit a felony, you are no longer exempt from being a slave, essentially. So the 13th Amendment has an addendum to it that says you're not a slave unless you go to prison, right? So, and then in the wake of the Civil War, now that you can only be a slave if you're in prison, you see the rise of laws that criminalize things that Black people would be doing. So Black people wouldn't have jobs. You saw the increase in vagrancy laws being out late, loitering, things like that. You saw that Black Mm -hmm. people... Uh, were criminalized more harshly for doing drugs that everyone did. All you would have to do was put them in front of a jury that would only convict them and not convict people of other races, such as white people, mostly white people. And uh, as we saw, the actual incarceration system then becomes a system of oppression used to get free labor out of people whom you can no longer enslave. This transformed into the modern day incarceration system that we see today. And we still see remnants of this, right? People who work in prison for, you know, cents, 20 cents an hour, 30 cents an hour. And what happens to the things that they work on? The people who own those prisons, private prisons, sell those things and make money. They make money off of the slave labor of the inmates. It is not Mm -hmm. illegal These inmates are legally allowed to be slaves because you are not permitted, uh, non-permitted leave, uh, or rather you are a slave if you are in prison. It's not illegal for them to use you however they see fit because you are no Mm -hmm. longer human until you leave prison again. So understand our criminal justice system, our incarceration system, no matter what, uh, you know, very smart and intelligent people I know out here are doing research on why people commit crimes broken windows theories, uh, social bond theory, and so on. However, we need to understand that the criminal justice system that exists currently is a system that is not meant to rehabilitate you, nor is it meant to punish you for the crimes you've done. It is neither of those things. It will not rehabilitate you and it will not punish you. It is for the people who own those prisons, who now own your labor to make money off of. That is the prison system, a capitalist system. In this case, not even fully capitalist because they capitalize on, or rather they socialize, in this case, the uh, losses. So you pay for the prison, right? You pay for the cell, you pay for the food, you pay for the clothes, and they privatize the gains, right? They get the money from selling the goods that these people make. So it's not even really a capitalist system. It is just a monetary system. That is what our criminal justice system is. So in order to make a system that is fair on both the policing side and the incarceration side, it would require an entire overhaul, not just defunding the police, not just a restructuring, although those are good steps forward. It would require an entire overhaul of the system due to its racist nature. Thanks. Yeah, I agree. Thanks. 
And honestly, even like some recent examples of forced slave labor, of like like the all the massive fires that we had last year in California, they were using uh, prisoners to fight that, fight those fires. And they just like they did in 2018, yep. where it was like they were paying them like a dollar and 45 cents um, a day. Was, let me see. Let me go back to it. It was a dollar and a dollar. Yep, a dollar and forty-five cents a day to fight those wildfires. Mind you, they're not giving them health insurance, and so if they got cancer or any type of lung damage, anything like that, they was not paying for it. So yeah, um, and then apparently this past year they were like, "Oh, it's hard. It's not as easy to get to get prisoners to fight the fires because of COVID, and they're getting COVID, so we don't have as much manpower." And it's like. Mm. have been forcing them to fight fires yeah. way mm. yeah so, i yeah. would say though i would right. say though i would say that it is punitive what you say? Of, I, I would say that prison is punitive it's a it, it, they, the prisoners get punished just uh, I, I would agree that they get punished but i would disagree that that's the purpose of our prison system because not all prisoners are punished equally for their crimes. So for example, um, you could be a rapist, right? Let's say you have, I don't know, raped a girl behind a dumpster like uh, Brock Turner. Mm -hmm. He was sentenced to seven months and he got out in a couple of months on good behavior, right? So (laughs) the system itself isn't punitive. It chooses whom it's punitive to. Right. That's a fact. And also, I mean, again, if, if the intent is to prevent crime punitive measures are one of the least effective ways at preventing bad behavior i mean literally there's there's plenty of studies with kids that shows like oh if you spank a child it's it's pretty much 50 percent effective or if you think oh the three strikes is going to suddenly stop people from committing crime it's not Right. Although the three, the three strikes laws was not meant to stop people from committing crimes. It was specifically meant to stop black people from committing uh, drug related offenses. Right. Right. But I, I say I say as to say, like the common misconception is that, oh, it's because it's supposed to stop crime. Right. Right. And almost like, nothing that has been <laughs> uh, enacted is actually supposed to stop crime. Literally, literally almost nothing. Um, but yeah, what we see. Oh, go ahead. Oh, and all, and all, and last thing probably I'll, I'll add is like uh, LAPD recently talked about they're doing some defunding thing because I, I think they like passed it last year that the budget for this year would be like like thing like 160 billion, not billion, 160 million shorter or something like that. Um, I haven't looked into the details yet, but uh, yeah, I've I've seen some of the details of that. So they did take. Um, I might be wrong on the number of that, but I think it's either 25 million or 30 million, something like that. And they're going to take that money from the police and put it towards um, educational programs that are targeted at under um, underserved neighborhoods and underserved um, uh, uh, students. Yeah, that was the information that I read about. Now I don't know whose job it is to allocate that money. And I don't know how we can be sure that they've allocated it properly, but that is what is being said is going to be done with the money. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. it's around 25 or 30 million, something like that. Okay. Yeah. The Black Lives Matter uh, chapter did an amazing job. Yeah. Being I'm sure they're going to stay on their necks about that. 
because it's definitely one of them things. As soon as you lay off, they next. They every opportunity to get, they messing it up. So, yeah, yeah, yeah very good, very good. Um, so, rolling right along, we have so 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 much going on in Texas right now. Uh, but let's let's start with the Texas mayor. He resigns. And while he resigns, he says a lot of you can't really call them you can't really call them hurtful or heinous things. He just said what was on his mind, who he is, right? <laughs> Which is a particularly loathsome person. And in this case, the uh uh this Texas mayor um as he resigned said, you know, people who can't get through this um, you know. Once in a decade storm, they call it once in a century. It's once in a decade at this point. Storm are just weak. And the real Texans, you know, will be able to get through. You know, the strong will make it. The weak will not, uh, in, in a sense. Basically, if you can't make it through this, you're on your own. Sure, I'm your, you know, government representative and I'm supposed to take care of you. But in his, you know, his uh, his letter, he said specifically, uh, the government has no obligation to take care of you, even though that is literally the opposite thing of what the government is supposed to do. Yeah. Um, so in this case, too, the and, and I'll give you both sides on, on this one. So as far as we know, he was still mayor when he wrote this derogatory, um, I guess, note or post. In this case, in, in black politics, we'll talk a little bit more about the substance of the post. Um, but as far as we know, as far as we're concerned, he was still mayor when he wrote it. Internally, allegedly, from his side, he had already put in his resignation to be mayor, and he was a private citizen at the time that he wrote the post, although that does not make it better because you still had the exact same views when you were mayor as when you became a private citizen a couple of days later. So um, so let's go into like what he literally said. So the dude said, if you have no water, you deal without and think outside the box to survive and supply water to your family. If you are sitting at home in the cold because you have no power and you are sitting there waiting for someone to come rescue you because you are lazy, is direct result of your raising. And then the last thing he said was, only the strong will survive and the weak will perish. Mm. Yeah, this is a freaking elected official who was elected to handle the needs of his electorate. And this mm. is how he chose to communicate. With his director. Yeah. With his so, so let me ask you guys this after hearing that, right? Um, does he, or I'm sorry, do his actions speak more to the type of person he is? Or does it reflect the views of the people who elected him? It shows his character, brother. Like, this shows how incompetent this man was to begin with. Like, I know. But you know, they voted people, for him. Yeah, that's, right, but that's exactly I, what but, I was going to get on. Okay. Okay, but <laughs> when you vote, you're not thinking of, an, of, of, a, of a snowstorm. No, no. You're not. You're not. You're not. But. This guy clearly <laughs> made it abundantly clear. Even if it wasn't a snowstorm, if it was some other type of emergency, he mm-hmm. would not help you. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, then it goes hand in hand. They voted for somebody that in this character is shitty. Like he's he. This shows incompetency at its at its finest, bro. Like for you to just go ahead and adopt some some Darwinism, 
uh, <laughs> some Darwinism when when shit hits the fan is terrible. And nah, it, it's just a no for me, bro. Like, yeah, I mean, I, I think I mean I, this. I think this is a perfect example of why I don't I won't live in a red state. Um, because it's just it's stupid on all sides. Stupid people electing stupid officials, and this is what they get. It's like this. It's not the first sign that this mayor was like this. Clearly, I mean, he resigned. <laughs> like, I'm sure there were other examples. I'm sure on his campaign trail, he probably ran on some racist junk, and y'all was with it. I'm pretty sure. I'm like, it ain't it ain't that hard to read between the lines to see. And, and just to clarify, when you're saying this is what they get, you mean this is what happens when you vote for someone like this versus you deserve this. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Exactly. Just want to clarify that for English yeah. who might be like black yeah. politics. I mean, this, this, man, this man literally said, like, uh, no one owes you or your family anything, nor is it the local government's responsibility to support you during trying times like this. Sink or sink, I think he meant sink or swim. It's your choice. Yeah. And this, but this just shows <laughs> like like that conservative mindset that's like, and we see this in Congress too. I feel like like this anti-socialist mindset where we're not supposed to help the people that elected yeah. us in office. <laughs> but let's 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 be let's be you know clear about this though. It isn't anti-socialist. It's anti-assistance for the people that need it. The people that you're talking about are all for socialism when it helps the rich, right? Tax mm. breaks for the wealthy is socialism. Right, yeah. yeah. Good point. Right? The 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 one the I'm sorry, the six trillion dollars injected into the stakeholders of the stock market last year, right? And that six in the uh, the stock market, 80% of the stocks are owned by 10% of Americans. Okay. That's socialism. Yeah. They didn't they didn't pass a law for that one. They just said, Oh, you guys need money? Here you go. Yeah. For us, we need a reason. We need st- we need means testing. And we need to know that we, we, we're not gonna uh uh just sit on our asses afterwards, you know. Mm-hmm. So we do have social in the socialism in this country. It is for the rich and the wealthy. And we have rugged individualism. Martin Luther King Jr. said we have rugged individualism for everyone else. Literally. And the and the craziest thing is that like the 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 people who have no access to that wealth will then a lot a lot of them will still be like indoctrinated in the oh like well if I was potentially to get that if once I potentially get to that stage of income yeah I don't want I don't want these extra taxes yeah that I it's like the likelihood is that you and ninety nine percent of the people you know will not achieve that so your whole life why are you justifying your lack of assistance. On the premise of someday I'll be in a position where I giving people assistance takes from me. So I don't want anybody to get assistance. I'm like, that's just so backward. Mm. That's so backward. Now let's bring back my turn from our last episode. Main character syndrome. It does not just affect COVID-19 conspiracy theories. Main character syndrome means that I am pushing the plot forward. And if I ain't doing it and getting done, when people see those statistics about, you know, uh, most small businesses fail within the first five years. The ones that last after five years fail within the next 10 years, right? Mm-hmm. When people look at those statistics and when they see, oh, only what 0.01% of Americans ever reach 
you know, multi-million, uh, tens of millions of dollars. When they see those statistics, they go, oh, well, that's not me. I'm not part of those statistics. Those statistics don't include p- me, not people yeah. like me. There's, there's nobody like me, right? I'm completely and utterly unique because I'm the main character. No one's like me. So when, when, you, when we talk about these statistics and like, you know, well, statistically, you'll never make it. Well, I'm not a statistic. That statistic doesn't apply to me. Right. The yeah. main character <laughs> syndrome is, is is pervasive in our society. You're the person pushing the plot forward and nothing applies to you because you're the main character. And when you do something, things happen. And if you don't observe it, it don't happen. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, that sounds about right. I mean, and that's why, like, when I talk about this stuff, I'm definitely not like uh, it's like uh, I'm definitely not don't paint things as if it's like oh black people do x or like poor people do x i'm like people do people stuff and that's that's what it is people do people things regardless of whatever identifier or label they might fall under people do people stuff so exactly and on on the texas train in this case uh we also have Ted Cruz, aka Can hmm. Cruz, <laughs> <laughs> took a trip to Cancun, <laughs> and you know he was caught in the act. He was caught in the act. He said he was going to. He, he was on his way down there. He said, oh, "I'm dropping my daughters off because they wanted to get out of the cold and go to Cancun." And I was heading right back. I was heading right back. <laughs> I was on the next flight back. I was coming right back. So, uh, <laughs> and then text messages, don't even know how they got these, but text messages from his wife uh, show that they had been planning this. They had been planning to stay through Sunday. So yeah. he was not on his way back. But, I mean, I, I wanted to say something, then I'll open it up to you guys. The man's first response when they said, so, so what are you doing? You're going to Cancun? He goes, oh, my daughters wanted to get out of the cold (laughs) and go to Cancun. So I was going to drop them off and I was going to come right back. His first instinct when caught with his hand in the cookie jar is to blame his daughters. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, so (laughs) I think we got to remember, we're talking about Ted Cruz, the man whose wife Trump publicly called ugly and all this other stuff. (laughs) <laughs> Yet still, Ted Cruz was was riding him and supporting him as being his walking stick his whole entire presidency. <laughs> so I'm like, if Ted Cruz ain't even gonna stand behind his wife, what make you think he's gonna stand behind his constituents? Come on now, but he didn't. He, he abandoned them. Exactly, exactly. So I'm like, I don't know why people was like, oh, Ted Cruz is like da 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 da. I'm like, yeah, he gonna lie. Of course he was gonna lie. Of course, <laughs> but to lie and go, no, it's not my, fault. it's not my fault. It's my daughter's fault. If they didn't want to leave and go to Cancun, I would have never done nothing. If he didn't care about what Trump was saying about his wife, he yeah. worried about his daughter. Are <laughs> oh, you right? You're right. Of course, and he it's throw his daughter on the bus. <laughs> and it's funny how when they caught him, you know, with his hand in the cookie jar. In this case, um, he had a mask on. To go to Cancun, you know why? Because they require you to have a mask in Mexico. You know where he doesn't wear a mask? America. Right. Yeah, he's trying to lay low. Right. 
<laughs> Ted Cruz that was on the whole, we need to build a wall to keep the Mexicans out. Going to yeah. Mexico in a, in a time of emergency <laughs> to, to escape. To build the wall. Build the wall. Uh, hey, bro, uh, can I come over for a little bit? It's a little cold over here. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I got I got to wear a mask. Well, I said it was a hoax, but I mean, I put it on if you say so. And and not just cold. Like his whole state is going through fucking blizzard. Like they're they you know, their vision, they're what they think is a blizzard to them. Like they've never experienced snow, and people are dying. Like people are. I read a story of someone that left their home and like never returned home because they died on their way to work or something. I'm like, what the hell? Families that tried to keep warm in their garages by uh, uh, sitting in their cars with the car on and yeah. died from uh, carbon monoxide poisoning. Yeah. Like, what type of pathetic shit is that to leave? Like, there's a time and place for everything. I know everyone wants to, wants to like, get, like, my mother, like, my family is trying to, like, travel all the time now. Well, like, not all the time, but, like, they're trying to get out of their house. They're trying to go and have do something that's fun. I know people going through stuff, but you don't just leave the fucking country leave your whole state when they going through something that's pretty much unprecedented for a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Like traumatic experiences. People lost power during a, during the fucking winter storm. You, don't have to <laughs> you know who didn't leave? You know who was there delivering aid and raising money for Texans? AOC. <laughs> AOC was doing more for the state of Texas than Ted Cruz. And Texas don't even rock with her like that. Not at all. <laughs> Texas don't even rock with her like that. And she still was holding it down, fam. By the way, we were talking about his Along his, with better or work, to be fair. Oh, yeah. We were talking about his children. His children have to quarantine for 10 days. And that means, weirdly enough, they can't even attend online school. That's odd. <laughs> That's something that's like that's a policy for the school. You can't even learn online if you got COVID. I mean, I, I, I guess I, I guess I get it in terms of like they don't want it to be like, oh, you have absences because this is time you could have came but didn't. So we like just say you can't come. But I think it's stupid to be like you can't come. I think it's the better would just be like you can or you cannot. This is how you feel. Right, and apparently, like, like the, the other parents are like, nah, they better not be on it. What? <laughs> yeah, yep. that's weird. I'm like, first is like, we don't want to wear the mask because the kids got, and then we can't quarantine because the kids got to be in school and then they could do a remote now. But if they do get, if they aren't quarantined, then they better not get on that remote. <laughs> what? What is this? <laughs> Yo, I don't know what's going on. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I, like, I talk to people from Texas. They don't even want to talk about this shit right now. <laughs> they don't even yeah, like no, I, about I, I got a friend in Texas, and she said for like the she just got her power back yesterday, and so she was staying with friends for like two days. Well, the first day she she just stayed in her house cold from the power, and then the second and third day she stayed with friends, and then she just got her power back yesterday. Crazy hypothermia yeah. is real, bro. Like that, you die. Yeah. The crazy part that we also didn't mention is that, like, they increased the cost of the electricity. Now, oh yes, we can, wait. Is that 
Capitalism. All right, I'm just, I'm just making sure. All right, yeah, bet. Okay, so hmm, hmm. <laughs> yeah. let's get into it. Let's get into it. It's so, yeah, Tejas. I'm, 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 I'm gonna give y'all a little lesson. I learned this this, this week. I ain't know all this, and, and now I don't like Texas even more. <laughs> Tejas, in the wake of the Civil War, right between that time and the uh, and the and the and the New Deal with with Roosevelt, mm-hmm. they once energy started being set up. Tejas said, "You know, eventually we might just succeed by ourselves." And we can't secede if our electric grid is connected to everyone else's. <laughs> so we'll make our own. So there is the West Coast <laughs> electric grid, which extends as far as like, the edge of Nebraska, if I'm not mistaken. And then from Nebraska onwards to the East Coast is the East Coast electric grid. Okay. And then there is the Texas electric grid, its own electric grid. Now, Stark differences between the West Coast, East Coast, and Texas electric grid. The Texas electric grid is completely, hear what I say, completely private. There are no government entities that provide electricity to people in Texas. It's only private corporations. I think that's what I think. Those private corporations are unregulated in Texas. Now, are they unregulated because the Texas government just decided that they don't need regulations? Of course not. It goes deeper than that, people. The reason these private energy organizations, and understand what this means when they're unregulated. For example, they don't have backup generators, none of them have backup generators. I think there are a few individual cities where they've decided to add regulations, but the majority of them have no backup generators. So when it goes out, it's gone. Mm. The other issue is that majority of them do not have insulation on their pipes. Insulation is what prevents your pipes when it gets really cold and really hot from bursting. Yeah, that's that's a big problem in Syracuse. So the pipes are not insulated, okay? And there's no regulation except in a few cities. I think Austin might be one of them. And I think that's one of the places that didn't lose power as well, or they got it back very quickly. I may be wrong about that, but I'm pretty sure there are a couple of cities and Austin might be one of them. Anyway, the reason these people are not required to put insulation in their pipes or have backup generators, or let's, let's rewind. Why wouldn't you want backup generators as an electric company? Well, because backup generators are only going to work when something happens. And if nothing happens, you're paying extra what, Palatech? Money. Exactly. Money, money, you're paying money. extra money for something you're not using yet. And if you insulate your pipes, well, you have to get, you, you have to insulate every single pipe. That's a lot of money. The whole, the miles and miles of pipe work you got going on that transport, that transport your gas. To insulate all of those costs a lot of money. And what happens if you don't insulate them? Well, only if a storm hits and then they get and they get and they burst. If a, if a cold storm hits and they get and they burst, otherwise you're fine. And so they have no financial incentive, at least, to insulate the pipes and have backup generators. 
Now, who are the people who would put these regulations on them? The governors. Now, who has contributed the most money to the governors in Texas? Oh, that's right. The power companies. The power companies have contributed the most money to the governors in Texas. It is not a coincidence that the governors then have no regulations for any of the power companies to follow. Not only that, but Texas, the Texas power company, or they also allow Texas power companies to have variable um, rates for the electricity, which means that when it's not in use or less electricity is being used, your electricity will cost less. And when more electricity is being used, your electricity will cost more. And in those cases, I guess if it's, you know, not being used much and you're paying a little bit less for electricity, it's good. But in Texas, there's almost never going to be a time where the electricity is not in high demand. So almost all the time, the rates are going to be very high. So it's actually not helping any Texans to have a variable rate. But what it does mean is that when a disaster hits like the one that hit now, you can increase the rates as high as you want. And people have no choice but to pay what you increased it to or else they freeze and die. Yeah. Mm. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah. yeah I, wonder, I wonder how those... Uh... I want to say, like Texas Texan nationalists are <laughs> trying to secede a few months ago or last month. I wonder how they feel now. <laughs> Honestly, I'm I'm sure whatever it is, it's the wrong way. And now they I'm, got I'm, federal I'm, aid coming to them. I'm, I'm like I, I swear, I swear, they're they're probably blaming AOC right now. I've, I've, oh. I've literally, I've literally heard them talking about they blaming the Green New Deal. Yeah, yeah, they blame. They're the blaming. Green New Deal. <laughs> they said it was all Fox News. They said the reason Texas doesn't have power is because of the windmills. Damn. Yeah. The windmills I think provide seven percent, maybe twelve percent of power are to Texas. Yeah, some of the windmills are frozen. Oh. You wow. know why the windmills are frozen? Because they didn't have to put any de-icing on them. You know why they didn't have to put de-icing on them? Because it's not regulated. Mm. They're not yeah. required to. They weren't prepared. But the freezing of seven, I think it's 7% or 12% is what the windmills provide in terms of electricity to Texas. Majority of it's gas that isn't working. So it's not even the windmills. But yeah. they say it's AOC's fault. It's the Green New Deal's fault. If you, if, you, if, you, if you want to have renewable energy as your primary energy source, then you're going to have blackouts all the time. Yeah, <laughs> they will find anything to blame, man. That except for mm-hmm. themselves. Yeah, I don't. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they can, if it can be helped. Like, I, I'm really, because I've definitely heard conversations about like, oh, you know, what's how do we de program people da, 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 and all this other stuff post-Trump and all this and all of that and I'm like I don't even know if we are really post-Trump yet but um, <laughs> honestly I, I, I don't even I, I just feel like it's so it's so difficult 
Here's the like, thing. You literally like, hold on, let me just finish. Like, like, you literally like dealing with people who say they don't trust anything and then decide to trust only one thing. But while still saying that you can't trust anything, so they they choose not to trust anything outside of what they already trust, which is something that is woefully inaccurate and not even like in like un, unapologetic in, in how inaccurate it is. Mm-hmm. And then it, even even the people who did say like, oh, yeah, we done with Fox News. I, we, I'm going to Breitbart now. Another woefully inaccurate, racist, slanted news outlet, right? And it's like, if I can't reach you with truth, and if I lie, you say all we do is lie, how can you be reached? Right? Like, like do, I, do I wrap it up and do I like... make it, Do a message, wrap it up in racism so you think, I'm, so you think we're on the same page? And then, like, inch you over to other things. Do I? <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, re- I'm, I'm really like. I mean, I, I really, I really don't know. I really don't. I think yeah. the thing that's, you know, and maybe, and maybe this is a more somber note, but you can't unify. You can't teach people. And you cannot change the minds of people who do not want to unify with you, who do not want to be taught, and mm-hmm. who do not care for their minds to be changed. You All simply, right. there's nothing you can do with those people except defeat them, in this case, politically, um, when it yeah. comes to the things that help everyone in, 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 in the country. You can't, you, I, I, I don't, I, I'm not, I'm honestly totally 100% against the, all right, guys, now you got to reach out to your Trump supporter friends, oh, yeah. and your Republican. I don't, first of all, I have no Trump supporter friends, so let's talk about white people. <laughs> you got to reach out to your Trump supporter friends and your Trump supporter family members, and you know, you got you to gotta console them right now and bring them in, you know? Well, here's the thing. You can't bring nobody in that doesn't want to be brought in. I'm all for I, I, if somebody says, hey, I was a Trump supporter, but I realized I was wrong and now I want to do the right thing. I am all for that. Come on Same. over. Come on over, buddy. <laughs> but I have no desire to force you to, be, to, 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 to believe in science. I have no desire to force you to believe in science. I have no, I have no desire to force you to believe in, in, in things that are factually true. I have no desire to force you to believe that you are being manipulated. I have no desire to force you into unifying with me because at the end of the day, you can't force anyone to do any of those things. You cannot force somebody to work with you. You can't force somebody to learn something. You can't force somebody to change their mind on something that they are not, and they've told you um, they're not changing their minds on. Think about mm-hmm. yourself. How many things have you forcibly, someone forced you to do that you did that wasn't someone who had some type of power over you, right? Your mom can force you to do something. Your boss can force you to do something. Your neighbor, Bob, can't force you to do shit. The dude at the grocery store can't force you to do shit. The guy who double parked in the parking lot can't force you to do shit. And you probably will not do shit that he asked you to do. He was an asshole for double parking. So, 
it's it's not a thing where I don't want to unify with people, or I don't want to work with people, or I don't think we should, but I don't think we can. I don't think you can work with people who don't want to work with you. And 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 maybe I'm and again, maybe that's too much of a somber note. And so where does that leave us? So then people might say, Well, old talent, so are you just saying that this seventy-four million people in the country are just lost to this uh uh, uh belief? Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's 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 a somber note. It's 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 daunting to think about that there are seventy-four million plus people who, you know, hate minorities, um, want the most oppression possible for people who aren't them, um, who, you know, will elect people just based on their personality and not based on whether or not they can do the actual jobs. It's 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 upsetting and daunting to believe that that is majority of our country. But we also have to hold the possibility that that's majority of a country. Now, I don't know one way or the other, because I can't know that. That's not something that any individual can know without doing some sort of mass study or whatever. But I can say it's a possibility. And right now, all the people shouting unity and working together do not believe that it is a possibility that all of these people want to be your enemy, that all of these people want you to fail, that all of these people want you to step out of the way so that they can make shit worse. That's not even a possibility. It's not even on people's radar. They say the only thing that can be done is that we bring these people over. And yeah. that may not be possible. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I, 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 it's funny because I'm, I'm thinking about it and like me personally, I, I don't care to unify. Like, I, I think it's, it's a stupid call to action. I don't think it's feasible or reasonable. And even me going down the thought experiments, like even if you decided that you genuinely were like, yeah, like we got to bring them over. We got to bring them back from beyond the pale. It's like, how, how would you go about doing that? Like, like, like what innovative way would you go about doing that? Cause telling them the facts is not going to work. So what's it called? Um, what was it? So yeah, I'll just, yeah, I don't think that's, that's valid, but I'm, I'm really trying to figure out though, like for the politicians that do say that that's their objective, is it, is it a blatant lie? Like mm-hmm. you're gonna get two thousand dollar checks immediately first week kind of thing, or and is and isn't a lie in order to like give a reasoning for delays and actual implementation of policies, or is it because they just stupid and actually believe that is going that is the path forward? It's one of the two. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah. I'm like, think- which one is it? <laughs> Or is I think it this is where, yeah. I think I think bro, I think this is where I come. Uh, I think this is where not where I disagree with you guys, but where I don't. I believe in the unity. I do. I believe that there are power numbers. I believe that. I do too. And I believe that unifying can embrace those that power, and that you know, especially in regards to the United States of America. Unity is how we overthrow, you know, multiple things that we claim that we want to fight every day. So, capitalism. so I mean, I mean, what, what, what do you mean specifically by that? Because I, I would say, like, even when we look at look back at like the largest instances of like social change, it was not in a state of unity. I can't mention one, whether right. it be like about, well, abolishing 
regular slavery, not like incarceral slavery, but m- mostly about whether it was that, whether it was like desegregation, like whether it was like women getting the right to vote, whether it was black people getting the right to vote, whether it was the civil rights movement, like n- none of those scenarios can I say that was when we was unified. Right. And yeah, it's fucked up. And I think in those in in that context, like the government, well, not even the government, like the the elite are responsible for that separation. We look back to America, like before slavery even happened, or before all blacks were enslaved, they were indentured servants, and white people were also indentured servants, right? Yeah. And they they shared some type of empathy in the struggle. Even though blacks suffer more, white people still suffered. And there was an, there was an event called Bacon's Rebellion mm-hmm. that occurred. And this was essentially, you know, because they understood how classist America was, or not, this is pre-America, how classist their society was. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the black people understood at least the slaves understood how racist it was. And at that point, in Bacon's Rebellion, they're trying to come together to defeat the elitist. Mm-hmm. But but right after that, right, it, it was a failed attempt. And right after that, well, not right after, but around that time afterwards, that's when you know they were really big on pushing slavery so that Blacks could not you know, uh, kind of assemble with, with whites from the lower class mm-hmm. and try to fight the elitists. And so that's, that's an example of America fucking shit up right there in terms of being unified against the elite. Mm-hmm. And another, another is right before Jim Crow when blacks and whites were both, you know, they were both, this is post-slavery, post-slavery. Mm-hmm. They're both struggling, they're both suffering, and they want to come together and possibly, you know, I, I, there was another pop, there was another party, I don't know if you guys heard, the Populist Party, and their whole philosophy was coming together and d- destroying the elite. I mean, this is separate from Democrats and Republicans, or whatever they were called back then. Mm-hmm. And how are you going to, you know, have, how are you going to build that party up when you have Jim Crow and they can't even, you know, this is way before technology era where you, you know, if you can't be face to face, there is no organizing or anything. Yeah. So that's, that's another example of how, you know, they, they, in, in that instance, they give white people the upper edge. They gave, they give white people a reason to hate black people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I well, don't, I don't dis- I don't necessarily disagree with you in that. I do think that part of the reason that like the class that the, the Trump supporters in this case, right, those people, that group of people um, have been told you're at least better than the immigrants and the blacks. So, so 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 work with us to oppress not only you, but them, too, because you're at least better than them because you're white. That that definitely does exist, and that definitely has been the way that they prevent the lower class whites from working with other oppressed minorities. Because the reality is, lower class whites are oppressed too, not as oppressed as African Americans or or or, uh, you know other minorities, but they are oppressed. 
and they yeah. refuse to acknowledge their own oppression because they still think they live in a class above minorities and African-Americans, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So that I do believe is 100% true. I think where the issues come up is how can we reconcile with people whom have yeah. already done so much damage? You can say yeah. that, okay, they've manipulated these white people and uh, you know to do things. Well, what have they manipulated them to do? They manipulated them to rape black people. They manipulated them to join the police uh, in certain police uh, 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 departments and arrest and jail and beat and kill black people. Right? Mm-hmm. They've uh, manipulated them to uh, you know beat little boys. Right? And 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 and, and destroy mm-hmm. their faces and toss them in the boat engines. And right? Pepper spray black nine year old girls. Right? In the car so. It, it, it's it's it, it gets to a point where it's like okay yeah we get it you've been brainwashed but you've done a lot of things that we can't just forgive tomorrow because you want to fight the elites and even then you don't want to fight the elites to really beat them you just want to fight the elites to get a little bit more for yourself and if the elites go hey um actually lower class whites we'll give you a little bit more but as long as you fight with us against the blacks then you'll turn yeah. right back on us Exactly. Turn right back on us in a heartbeat. So mm-hmm. I, I think we've gotten to the point where I can't unify with a white supremacist. It's not mm-hmm. possible. You hate my existence. And if you don't hate my existence, you've already acted in a way that has subverted my existence, beat, killed, raped, or approved of the beatings, killings, and rapings of my people. I can't unify with you. I simply cannot. Mm-hmm. Yes, there, there, there's a sentiment, you know. Of uh, you know, if you do something, you know this this good this good versus evil notion, right? If you do something, does that make you a bad person? I think that's too simple minded. What did you do? People try to make it seem like bad things are always bad things and good things are always good things. No, there's severity. If you call somebody the n word once or twice, I can unify with you at some point. That's not that I, I can overcome that. We can overcome mm-hmm. that. You learn whatever. You call my N-word a couple times. That's something different. That's a bad thing, right? Yeah. That's different from raping a black girl because you knew that no one would take her seriously and you wouldn't get arrested. That's totally different. That's mm-hmm. not the same thing. That's different from beating a black woman because you're the police officer and who the fuck is going to arrest you? That's, that, that's not something that you can't... I, we can't unify after that because you've yeah. used your power to not only oppress, but physically, mentally, and emotionally scar a person of my uh, persuasion for the rest of their life. You don't just apologize to somebody you raped. You don't just apologize to the family whose child you killed. That don't make it better. That don't yeah. fix it. And they're under no obligation. Don't get me wrong. There are some people like uh, the uh, in the Botham John case with the police officer shot when the police officer shot them in the apartment. There are some people that are going to forgive you for killing their loved one because of your racism and hatred. There are some people mm-hmm. that are going to forgive you for raping them because of their love uh, uh, because of their racism and hatred. There, there, there's a I know there's a whole group of um, uh, rape victims. Um, who have who were raped and then got pregnant afterwards um, and who are like, you know, proud of their child and who don't hate the rapists. Right. There are people like that. Those people exist. Right. But I don't think as a whole, as a community, we can come together and unify with people that have been systematically 
physically, emotionally, mentally, and psychologically, and financially, and legislatively been trying to and succeeding at making our lives as terrible as possible. And I, and I will say, like, in, in the examples you gave, they said sorry. We talking about people who. No, I'm talking about in, in, in examples TJ gave. They said that was that was them saying sorry. We talking about people who ha- who are not only are they not saying sorry, they saying I will do it again, and I know God is with me in doing it. So yeah. <laughs> we not even we not even at the. Oh, let me just decide if I'm gonna accept your right. apology. So then we gotta <laughs> say, do have these people figured out what they're doing is wrong? Right, we gotta get there first. Right. If, if they don't believe what they're doing is wrong, and then that's that's where I'm getting to my like my my conjecture in this case, right? I do think people can change. I do I think people can unite with us. I, I I don't think you know the way you are today is the way you have to be tomorrow. However, Thanks. the question yeah. is, when do you change? If you change yeah. ten years from now, and I die within the next ten years because of who you are, I can't afford to wait for that change. Yeah. That change that change is entirely too long. What 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 did uh what did uh uh um James Baldwin say? He said you you ask for time. It took my father's mm-hmm. time. It took oh. my mother's time. My sisters and my brothers' time. My nieces and my nephews' time. My cousins' time. My uncles' time. How much time do you want for your progress? Because I'm ready to move forward. This is me talking. I'm ready to move forward. I'm ready right. for progress. You're not ready for progress. I have to wait until you're ready to accept me as a person and to accept me as a human in order for progress to happen. Right. Mm-hmm. And once we get to the question of when are you going to do it, that's where we have issues. If I knew that every Trump supporter was going to stop being a Trump supporter or every white supremacist was going to stop being a white supremacist in 2024, I'd be like, all right, y'all, let's just rock it out. Let's get it done. Let's try not to die until then. We're going to make it happen. But we don't know. They could be that way for the next 20, 30, 40, or 50 years. And maybe they do change, but it might be too late. And I'm not saying that that's going to happen. I'm saying that in the unity conversation, that's never brought up as a possibility. And that's never brought up as a reason for us to do as much as we can do now. So that Mm -hmm. way we can subvert any negativity that comes down the road. Yeah. Like like literally the unity strategy is I'm going to do less now. Because I want to wait till we agree to do more instead of, you know, let me just let me just ignore what you're talking about and do things that will just even regardless of whether or not you agree will make your life better, which ultimately will make you in a state that is more receptive to new information because you have more of a luxury to a luxury to be like, oh, let me let me change how I'm thinking about things because I ain't worried about eating. I'm not worried about shelter. I'm not worried about where I'm living at. I'm not worried. Like I'm not in survival mode no more. So like I have more of a luxury to be like, oh, let me just think about stuff. Let me just think about stuff, which is exactly why when it came to like women's right to vote, it was mostly white women with a whole bunch of extra time on their hands. Mm-hmm. Middle class, yeah. didn't have no job. <laughs> Supported by a wealthy man. Yeah. So yeah, because they had the they had the time. So I so I think that would be a more practical, efficient, and effective strategy than saying, let me do less. Because even the, because the people who would be helped by me doing more don't agree with it yet. That doesn't, that's not going to work. True. And when I mean, you do more, you'll help those people too. Exactly. Whether they realize it or acknowledge it or not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess with my position on unity, I guess I should have clarified. Like, I'm not 
I'm not speaking, I'm not talking about like going out here and recruiting people that don't already follow, like don't already want better for themselves. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I guess, uh, in the con, all right, so I think a good example for this would be um, in the movie that that just came out um, last last weekend on HBO, Judas and the Messiah, uh, the Black Panther film, uh, which Judas and the Black Messiah. Yeah. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. You about, are you about to get spoilers or not? Oh damn! Because <laughs> it's still I mean, new, it? I mean, yeah, it, it is really. New. I mean, you don't got to spoil none of the like key plot points, but you can talk yeah, about no, no, no. themes and stuff like that. That's that's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's based off of just like Judas being the informant um, who, mm-hmm. who ended up who played a key role in like I'll get into I'll get into that later. But um, yeah. So Judas and Black Messiah, Fred Hampton. And so basically uh, the, uh, an example of, of unity in my sense of what it means is so Black Panthers, like this is kind of, and I learned this today, like some Black nationalist organizations were kind of against what the Black Panthers were fighting for because they were not just fighting for Black people. Mm-hmm. They were fighting for all oppressed people. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. and in the film, in the film, there was a scene where Fred Hampton and uh, some some other Panthers were attending uh, a meeting for not a white nationalist meeting, but essentially poor white people. You know, they were they were fed up because as we as T Jack was mentioning earlier, you know, white people, poor white people are oppressed too in similar forms that to similar stuff that we go through so you know in chicago not only were black people being killed by the police but white people were too poor white people were too and so they were in a meeting and you know some of the panthers weren't on the same page as fred hampton brother is gifted bro his vision was crazy and he was so young bro so young Mm -hmm. and you know, his whole thing was like, we're going through the same things. Let's meet eye to eye on this. Let's fight together on this. Yeah. So so I guess I'm not speaking on like trying to convince people. Like you got to already be in that. You are, you know, I'm not going to leave. Actually, if people. it's a true story, you're not doing spoilers. Never mind. <laughs> I just thought about it. <laughs> oh, actually, yeah, that's, 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 that's true. It's a that's true story. You're not doing I mean, spoilers. I mean, you can say whatever you want. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. Unless it's like something like done for the movie type thing, but yeah, right. Because you know, so he assembled basically in Chicago, black people, and the way he he like organized the black community was crazy, bro. Like we're talking bringing people out of street violence and getting them on his his team. Mm-hmm. That's that's the type of shit that I call unity. You know, at least for black people. Oh you know, yeah, I mean, as a community. And it's crazy because, like, the Black Panthers, like, from what I watched today about 41st and Central, you know, the L.A. chapter of Black Panther Party, um, like they were they were known as well for, like, grabbing brothers that were, you know, getting into to violence, getting into trouble, you know, becoming victims of the prison system. You know, back then it wasn't as bad as it is now. 
as, as far as sentencing is concerned, especially. But you know, they were able to 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 grow a chapter from people that were growing up in the community and that were really like facing issues every day, like especially in LA, man. LAPD, as, as we were saying earlier, but they are some fucked up people, like right. shooting innocent people, shooting innocent people, bro. Like getting into in Chicago as well, getting into shootouts with the Black Panther Party. That shit is crazy. Like y'all really gotta check these these films out. They're very insightful. But that that's my thing with unity and you know Black Panthers, but the 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 fact that they were able to like assemble not just the Black community but other nationalities, other other races, like the the Puerto Rican community, the fucking the the Latin, the greater Latinx community, the white, the poor white community, it just and 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 they their impact was not just limited to the United States; it was worldwide. Like people looked up to the movement, and as y'all know, you know the FBI just shut it all down. But that's my that's what I look up to is unity. Just like bring people that are already on the at least outside of our community, our immediate black community, you know, bringing, combining force with people that are already trying to, you know, get out of the struggle that everybody is going through, at least in the lower class. And so I mean, I think, I think we all, yeah, I mean, I, I think we all in agreement on that. I mean, I think, yeah. I, I think when it was juxtapositioned against like the specific conversation about Trump supporters, I think that's different than what you're talking about now. Yeah, I don't yeah. think all poor like, whites are Trump supporters. Yeah, I got, yeah. I, I, let me let me phrase it like this. I don't think I can unify with most Trump supporters, but I think I can unify with most poor whites that aren't Trump supporters. Yeah, I, I, I would agree. We look at Trump, like the whole Trump movement, as another form. Not on the magnitude of of Jim Crow or slavery, like I was mentioning earlier, but like this is another attempt to sway people. Like, hey, I'm going to represent you guys. You know, me being Trump, I'm going to represent you guys. I'm going to save you guys, and we don't need them. I mean, yeah, he was. I mean, he was literally. That was literally his his thing. Was like, I'm for the. I'm for you. I'm for y'all. It's the, <laughs> it's, the, it's the elite people over there. I ain't one of them. And I ain't a Mexican, so so, <laughs> so it's lit. He was basically like, "I'm one of y'all. I ain't one of them." And one of them included everything else that wasn't rich, or that wasn't non-white. So this is another um, moment in time where we are extremely divided. Yeah. Well, wait, wait, wait. At the cost, at the cost of fucking elite. I, I, I personally don't even like the phrase of us being extremely divided. We are not extremely divided. White people mm-hmm. are dividing us from them. Let's understand yeah. who's doing the division. Black people yeah. aren't doing the division. They're dealing with yeah. the division. White people are yeah. the ones, and the elite are the ones doing the division. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, amongst us, amongst Black people, we're not that divided. Like, we're not that divided. I mean... And co- I think like, there's a lot, there's a, there's a large diaspora of, of ideologies. Oh, so there, there is. I agree. I agree. <laughs> but comparably, we're not out here at protests fighting each other, talking about <laughs> talking about. Oh, I'm I'm for Trump, you for Biden, and throwing hands about it. That's not. That's not. <laughs> I, 
That's not us. Right. <laughs> Let me I'm um like, I'm like at the end of the day, we ain't have no civil war. They did. We was forced to participate, but it was their war. So I'm like, they are I mean, yeah, obviously like there's diversity of opinion, status, all that stuff that's like regular with any group of people, but like comparably, we're not that divided. Com like even even if you look at voting, I'm like we we you we we move more in unison than probably yeah. any other voting block. Sure. Y'all ready? Sure. What's up? Y'all ready? All right. I'm about to throw a monkey <laughs> wrench in the uh in the in the agenda here. All right, since since we since we talked about black people in division. Yeah. Who's black? Oh god. <laughs> I thought we was about to do a light topic. <laughs> I thought that was gonna be the monkey wrench. Uh, uh, like who's black? And does it um, matter? This is divisive. This is a divisive conversation. <laughs> in what context? In the context that we're talking about. Wait, in the context that we're talking about, fighting oppression, uh, fighting for our rights, our communities, and things like that. Who's black? Um, so because obviously like black is a made up concept. And, it's, and, it's, and like in terms of history of people, is relatively recent and mm-hmm. super like. Even, honestly, it's it's even more American than European at this point. Yeah. But um, <laughs> uh, well. so I, I wouldn't even try to to create some arbitrary thing when the foundation is already arbitrary. So <laughs> I, I wouldn't even do that. I would just say, if you identify as black, and you experience the world as black, I think it's fine. I mean, I, I <laughs> one off people who try to be like, who clearly aren't black and try to play this little weird, I want to be black because it's part of my fantasy thing. I think that's a little extra, but like 99.9% of the time you identify as black, then like it is what it is. Um, and as long as it's not harmful or like, or I, even if actually, let me make, make it broader. As long as your identification of being black is not harmful to black people or you trying to manipulate and finesse <laughs> and all this other stuff. I really don't care if you identify as black. Let me say that. All right. Yeah, so I'll, think, I'll go ahead. No, nah, I was just going to say like, this is very um, subjective. Just like, yeah, so many things you could, you could go Make up. Like, there's so many different <laughs> contexts for, for black, like skin is black. Do I experience the like the black experience, do I, you know, just do I experience police brutality or like there's so many different things that you could label. Like, yeah. Like, like, for example, like Michael Jordan is not getting the black experience. <laughs> he's never he's never going to experience the black. Experience. Well, actually, no, I think I think he's getting somewhat of the black experience because people are calling Tom Brady the goat in terms of being like, <laughs> a, a, the, like the goat of athletics. Does and he not care? Saying, and not saying no, no. I'm. I don't know if he cares, but um. And I mean, honestly, he probably does because athletes are pretty sensitive. But they're saying like, no, like MJ isn't the goat of athletics. Tom Brady is the goat of athletics. Even though, if you compare them in their respective fields, uh, perhaps they're both the top. But Michael Jordan is definitely pulling away in terms of being the top in his field versus Tom Serena, Brady. Serena pulling away. And yeah, and Serena's pulling away. <laughs> 
Yeah, I think it's generational in that aspect because people from the Jordan era, but they will defend Jordan to the last draw. But like, <laughs> they, they, <laughs> their experience of just seeing Jordan play basketball was life changing. And I never like, I've never, I don't think I can relate to that. Like we have LeBron, but but the way they describe Jordan, yeah, like incomparable to any like anybody. I mean, like, he so, also was like, he also was like. It was earlier. It was earlier in like you know, basketball. Like basketball in itself was younger. You know what I'm saying? It was earlier. So stuff that stood out really, really stood out. You know what I'm saying? Like it's not like we got all Jabbar still has the highest number of points in basketball ever scored. Mm. And that's because he could use a sky hook, and that was back before people were shooting threes. <laughs> before the Steph Curry's. Now the Steph Curry's around. People don't need to use the sky hook anymore. But back when he was the only person really using the sky hook. And that's when you shoot the ball from above the rim so that uh-huh. you, you pretty much can't miss because you're shooting from above the rim. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So he, he scored the most points. And so there, because I was watching a video about why they don't do the sky hook anymore. And it's because yeah. you can just shoot a three and make it still. So like, you don't need to do the sky hook. <laughs> yeah. But back on, on, on the topic of, you know, blackness and the struggle. So I wanted to hear you guys' opinion on this. So what did you think? You know, I, there it was a, it was a while ago. Um, there were, you know, a lot of posts going around, going around about what was going on in Nigeria. And there were a lot of people also saying, oh, y'all want to talk about Black Lives Matter, but you don't want to mention what's going on in Nigeria. Mm-hmm. This is why, you know, I wasn't supporting y'all in the first place. <laughs> it's a whole fucking different concept. First of all, no, 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 no. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, Kida. <laughs> I was just gonna say, like, at least from my perspective, and I see that, you know, not, one, not, not, it's not just Nigerians, I'm not like single them out, but there have been other right. people who say that Asian Americans who go, you know, uh, this Asian person was attacked by a black person, and y'all talking, you know, y'all want me to support Black Lives Matter, but y'all aren't talking about this, you know, there's mm-hmm. a lot of other people who post things like that or who have uh comments like that. Um, this is going on, and y'all want me to support Black Lives Matter, uh, but y'all ain't talking about this. True. I mean, I think there's, uh, I think there's a difference in some. I'm not all right. I'm not going to say that. I think that there, there's one thing to to be experiencing like these traumatic incidents in America as a black person. But it's also another thing to be consciously aware of what's going on outside of America. And that takes some tolerance just to know that there's also some other fucked up messed up stuff going on outside of, you know, your neighbor not not your neighbor, but America. And yeah. yeah. I mean good. What I'll say is uh I think if your intention, well, let me say, so if, if you if you start in a conversation by y'all and by y'all, some nebulous group of one identity that you claim you're talking to at that time, <laughs> didn't care about X. So that's why I didn't care about the oppression or anything bad that happened to Y. You wasn't part of no movement to begin with. Mm. And I will tell you right now, there is no, there are no organizers out here that's really out like any like actual organizers or activists in the BLM space that are like, oh, we don't we don't care about what's happening to y'all. And by y'all I mean any other group of people. 
they, right. like there's there's literally none that's like oh i don't i don't care about anti asian anti asians racism i don't care about anti uh anti nigerian i don't care about like there's literally no organizers and activists that's really on that type of timing anybody that actually it, do be in the streets do be out here not 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 actually let me change not just in the streets as in people show up to protest i mean the people that organize the protest i mean the people that show up to the mayoral meetings i mean the people that do sit-ins strategic uh organizing or activist actions with the intent to implement some type of progressive change for some group of people none of them are like oh i don't care about what's happening to this other group of people right i'm like that's yeah. not that's not the case and so you so if you're talking about oh well y'all was posting about this i'm like no the organizers have always acknowledged other people's oppressions right yeah, always. there's always reference made and, and paid and do exactly yeah. even even at BLM protests, at least all the ones I participated in. Like literally, it will start by like, but before we get into this, we want to acknowledge the indigenous people whose land is on. Mm-hmm. And I and I'm and, and a lot of times, we don't even be indigenous people there. To be fair, we, I don't think I've ever seen indigenous people say anything negative about BLM. No, but I, but even then, I'm like, it don't even be like oh, because indigenous people came. Right, it's just to show respect for that. Exactly, exactly. so I'm like, ain't no way out here because at the end of the day, like, like, again, most of the social benefits and movements we've seen is because of the organizing and activism of Black people. And all these other groups benefited from that same organizing and activism. Right. So it's like, they'll, they'll come with, oh, I don't care about your situation because I'm like, no, you just don't care. Yeah. It ain't no because, oh, because you didn't see some random people posting about it on social media because the organizers I know was all acknowledging what happened in SARS. What was what was happening with SARS right. in Nigeria. Right. Right. The organizers yeah. I know are are like, we don't care if the officer is black. We don't care what they look like. We don't care if they they in your neighborhood. We like injustice is injustice. And that's it. Yeah. So we can be treated with the same energy. So I'm like, I don't know who what people you talking about. Yeah. And I, and I, yeah, and I especially feel like before, before especially before us, like if generations before us have like predicated the college experience off of protesting, and like especially during like during the the the, the time of the apartheid, like bruh, yeah, the, the college experience was all pro- like even at GW, there's a. I know y'all seen the rock that has yeah yeah the, yeah yeah like the the Mandela Mandela thing. rock yeah yeah Bruh, Americans but the, especially white people <laughs> like that was the whole experience like just being radical so I, I think that is kind of I mean I, I feel for them in the sense that they might not be they feel like there's not enough uh, media surrounding it or or maybe you know. Maybe all of our protests are not about that issue, but we in America, you got to think we're in America too. Like these are things that are happening in our yard. Exactly. And and again, exactly. And I would say like, it's very much like if I'm not, if I'm not the group experiencing this issue, it's not ideal for me to lead the advocacy on it. Mm -hmm. And like, and that's literally how we treat it. So like, even though like me, like, I'm like, yo, like, if it's if it's a uh, if it's like I, sh- I like I'll show up for pride like I'll show mm-hmm. up if it's some like queer trans advocacy initiative. Like the pride parade, are you? Yeah, exa- exactly. Like I'll, I'll definitely support, but like 
me as a cisgender, like straight male, like, I'm not about to come and be like, yo, I'm organizing a protest <laughs> around like sexual orientation, orientation, like sexual liberty. Like I'm not doing that because that's not my place. So like, and again, it's like, don't come to black BLM organizers like, yo, like why y'all ain't organizing for Asians? Why ain't organizing for like what's happening on the content? It's like, we not supposed to be the ones leading that. Y'all are. We well, should I, th- I, I think we this goes, this, this, <laughs> I think this kind of goes back to what Tyler was saying though. What is black? So because it's Black but Lives but Matter. Even, no, 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 no. But, even, even, but that's different. But that's different though, because Black Lives Matter is not just like, oh, Black Lives Matter, yeah. and that addresses anything that Black people that occurs right. specifically around police brutality. Yeah. Specifically, yeah, you're right. Specifically, there are a whole bunch of other initiatives addressing like poverty, addressing gun violence, addressing gang. Like, it's so many other things. Black Lives Matter was not supposed to be the catch all. True. So, like, I don't know why people treat it as that. Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah. violence. Like, like literally, that's why. Like, that's why the whole NSARS campaign was NSARS. So I would look at NSARS initiatives, NSARS right. organizations. I'm not going to look at BLM organizations because I know that is specifically about policing and, and primarily in the u.s now you yeah exactly it's like we'll show up it will be there <laughs> literally it's like it's like hit them like hit us up we'll show up we definitely will show up. we'll show up we'll give you advice we will assist same with any other any other group or identity like we will we will come but don't be like y'all ain't organized for us because who organized for us then <laughs> like, yeah. well is that collaborativeness kind of absent now what else Huh? Do you I think said, that collaborativeness is kind of absent? I mean, I think it can be better. I think yeah. it happens sometimes. You know, I think it can be better. I think there are yeah. times when it was like, you know, really, really, really big. But you know, people just have to make that. Like, if people feel like there's something they want to advocate for, that is like, like their specific experience. Then, like, all they got to do is say, "Yo, like, yeah. I'm trying to do this, da da da," and like ask for help. We'll, but yeah, like nobody we'll else who, develop a platform to do that. Exa- right. Exactly. But like nobody who's who can't identify as like the person going through that circumstance is really gonna be like, I am the representative taking mm-hmm. charge, figuring out what the demands is, what the call to action is, because that looks stupid. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't want to get too far off our agenda because we've we've been on a little tan- a tangent for a little minute. Um, <laughs> it's all relevant, <laughs> but it's all yeah, it's all relevant. I don't I don't dislike the conversation, um, but and we can come back to it if it if it rears its head again. Um, but DC gun violence is now being recognized by the government of DC as a public health issue. Now, K I know you wanted to uh uh. uh Spearhead this one, but before you jump in, I would like to say that how in a monkey's tit <laughs> do you recognize gun violence as a public health issue before you recognize the lack of health care <laughs> as a public health issue? I, as a DC resident, do not have health care. I don't qualify for Medicaid because I make too much or Medicare because I make too much and I can't afford regular health insurance because it's too expensive. I am uninsured. Mm. How am is my plight not a, a literal public health issue? Gun violence is a public health issue. 
that's what I wanted to say. K Doc, go ahead and take it away, man. <laughs> I mean, I'm not you know, I, I mean I could go into I guess some some background on this. Um so yeah, so I believe Wednesday uh the mayor had a press conference and yeah, pretty much just issued that there is a current public health emergency going on in Washington Washington uh, District of Columbia. Oh oh quick side note. Did y'all know that so you know this whole statehood uh, campaign? Uh-huh. Yeah. Y'all know did y'all know y'all know the new name, right? No. Uh, it's, what is it? It's like Columbia something. No. It is Washington Douglas. Yeah, I did see uh, that. Commonwealth. Douglas Washington, Commonwealth. Douglas, Commonwealth. Frederick yeah, I Douglas. I saw that. Named after Frederick Douglas. I think that's amazing. <laughs> but um I'm not I don't know I don't know too much about the statehood stuff. I need I should get more Never more. gonna happen. That's what I know about it. <laughs> but um yeah so so wednesday she had a press conference and pretty much issued or, or stated that we're going through a current public health emergency when it comes to gun violence and you know i do think it's a little bit overdue um i think that you know it's arguable if we were in a pandemic would it would would it have happened i don't know um <clears throat> But there has definitely been, and we, we're seeing this across the nation, a surge in in gun violence. Now, I was going to say crime, but I'm kind of against saying crime nowadays. Like I'm, re- I'm reading the new Jim Crow, and I'm just, I don't even want to say crime anymore because it's just so, <laughs> like the whole concept of crime is racist within itself. But mm. um, yeah, like gun violence is is it's crazy right now. Like. Down the street from me, um, earlier I was talking about the 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 uh, what what is that? Oh, Planet Fitness. So, right at the at the corner of Planet Fitness, uh, down the street from me, uh, a young woman who didn't even graduate high school yet was killed on Valentine's Day. Mm. Um, yeah, she was she was dropped, she was a passenger seat in a car, and apparently. I don't know all the details, and I really don't want to come to any conclusions, so I'm not. But yeah, she, she uh, the car, two cars crashed, and they found her with a with a with a bullet with a gun wound, gunshot wound, and she passed away. Mm. And yeah, it's just crazy, especially being it being on Valentine's Day. Like, gun violence should not be tolerated at all. But like, damn, for a young black woman to die on Valentine's Day, it's crazy. Um, and yeah. this is just one of the many incidents that have been occurring, especially with 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 um young adults, uh, you know, twenty five and under. You know, I think it's in double digits already with with just twenty five and under uh, dying this year from from uh, from gun violence, and it's just it's been crazy, man. It's it's crazy, and it's as I said, it's a wave. It's it's everywhere right now. Mm-hmm. It's it's, just, it's hard times for, for specifically, yeah. specifically for black people. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, it's expected. Um, I mean, like like for years, the research has been out there and available that like as you you know as you increase the level of poverty and and decrease the access to resources. 
what we what we typically deem criminal activity in all of its forms increases. Um, so I don't. So if anything, for the some for the people who somehow still didn't understand that, this is the clearest indicator that. Well, what well what happened to increase economic strife and instability and struggle and hard time? The pandemic, mm-hmm. where millions of people are unemployed. And we aren't getting adequate government assistance to assist people like other countries are, like other wealthy countries are. So I think this is literally a prime example of that. And I mean, to me, I'm definitely like, I'm not from D.C., but in terms of them listing it as a as a, uh, a public health crisis, I, I think it can be two. I think it can go like two ways, because I think. The good side is like, okay, if you listen as a public health crisis, then like your solution will be a public health solution, not a policing solution, not a like, oh, how can we increase law enforcement and give them more technology to do predictive, like none of that extra stuff. It's like, okay, like what are, you know, social systems that we can implement to decrease the likelihood and frequency with Mm -hmm. which gun violence occurs? And then if they are approaching it like that, then they're less likely to reinforce negative and oftentimes racist and ineffectual solutions and means to dealing with gun violence. So my hope is that that is what that will mean. My, uh, what's it called? My only reservation is that you could have just skipped the making gun violence a public health issue and said, well, gun violence is indicative of these other issues, like the level of poverty in the city, like the level of unemployment in the city, like the lack of resources, like the lack of, like you could have just skipped the calling it gun violence and said the specific things. So that's my, that's the only thing that makes me worried is that they might look at that separately and be like, well, what can we do to stop guns specifically? And Mm -hmm. if they think of like that, they're going to miss everything else. Yeah, I haven't I haven't gotten too deep. One second, like, like one second. So I haven't looked too deep into it, but like apparently they they have done like a study, and they're saying that you know gun violence in fifty two specific neighborhoods is just off the charts right now, mm-hmm. and you know so that's where they're focusing their efforts. I don't know. As you had a great point, hopefully this does not mean. I would hope that this doesn't. Um, this won't lead to more policing in those communities because in the past they're especially during the summertime they have these like summer initiatives to to be more uh, to have more policing in specific communities. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I mean, and honestly, I'm like, I bet you we did a, if we did a study, we would find that those areas have the highest level and highest concentrations well, of poverty. Yeah. So, so like, what what I'll say. Yeah. Um, I still stand by my, my, my earlier statement regarding like, why would you declare this public health crisis versus declaring, you know, other things, public health crisis. The reason I stand by my claim is because mm-hmm. I don't believe that she declared it a public health crisis in order for her to use the powers associated with declaring something a public health crisis. I believe she declared it that way mm-hmm. for optics and nothing more. And the reason I believe that is because her <laughs> actions have shown that. Let's be real, man. Her actions, yeah. Mayor Muriel Bowser, and just so you know, me and K. Dot, I'm T. Jack's world, and K. Dot are both from D.C. 
we know what, what what Mary Bowser has done, right? A lot of people like the, the 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 development she's had. You know, all the new shining buildings that were built, and all the new contracts that were given to all these new investors to come in and build big buildings that are supposed to have housing for people who can afford to who in those neighborhoods where they uh, tore down those buildings to to live in them. Although they don't have the housing to be able to afford or don't have the money to be able to afford the housing in those buildings. And they actually lie about the number of spaces that are in those buildings. That's a whole separate issue. But I, this Muriel Bowser is performative. She's performative in everything. Mm-hmm. When she made the Black Lives Matter Plaza, who gives a flying fuck if a street has BLM painted <laughs> on it? I don't care. Not at all. What are you going to do to address racial inequities in D.C.? Not a damn thing. And 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 this is you hear me? All right. And this has been the exact same issue that has been going on for years. We know why gun violence is occurring. We know why it's being committed. We know the stressors that make people commit more violence. We know these things. And her solutions, not any past mayor solution, her solution is to partner with the FBI mm-hmm. to get guns <laughs> off the street. Now, 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 here's the thing. I'm not calling yep. Miriam Bowser dumb, but a smart solution <laughs> to get guns off of the street without putting more police officers on the street is to offer money for the guns. With no criminal repercussions, no matter where the gun traces back to. If you are a D.C. citizen, you come in, you would give them the gun, they take down your information, and they give you money for the gun. And not just $20 or $80, give them $1,000. Give them (laughs) $2,000. Have this be a stimulus that you know is going to directly affect the people who need it the most. Right. You could easily do a gun buyback program and get rid of more guns than you've gotten rid of currently with your uh, 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 plan of putting more police and federal officers on the street to locate guns. It's the stupidest plan I've ever fucking heard. (laughs) Oh, people have a lot of guns. Let's put more police out there so they can get the guns. How? How? That's not that's not going to do anything. It's that her acts are performative. They are performative. And this yeah. declaring the public health crisis, it is not so she can use the powers of mayor uh, in relation to things that are public health crisis. It is just performative because she sees that the gun violence is going up and she wants to, quote unquote, do something about it. This is her doing something about it. And when she runs for her next uh, uh, term, she'll say, I did something about uh, gun violence. I declared it a public health crisis. That's what she's going to say she did. And she's not going to do anything yeah. beyond that. What is she going to do? Is she, is, 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 is she going to yeah. increase the funding for schools? Public schools in D.C.? No, she's going to increase the funding for maybe charter schools in D.C. In DC or private schools. She's not going to, or, or give private schools funding they don't need or tax breaks they don't need. She's not going to increase funding for public schools. She's not going to increase funding for, psych, for, for, for psychiatric services for people who can't afford them. She's not going to increase funding for financial services for people who can't afford them. She's not going to increase the amount of... Uh, 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 she's not going to uh, do away with the legislation that says if you smoke weed, right, you, you lose your job, right? You can be fired in D.C. for smoking weed. 
but you can't be fired in D.C. if you drink, if you're an alcoholic. That didn't get you fired, even though it's statistically more dangerous to be an alcoholic than to be addicted to weed. That don't get you fired, though, right? Unless you come into work drunk. But if you don't come into work high, but you smoke on your off time, that gets you fired, right? So the people who got fired because they smoke weed on their off time, who may be now committing crimes in order to make money, you're not going to do anything about them. But you're going to sit here and act like you're going to do something about gun violence when you don't give a flying fuck about gun violence at all because you haven't done anything about it. How long have you been mayor? How many terms have you had? When the gun violence goes down, you attribute it to yourself. And when it goes up, you attribute it to other things. You're still mayor when it's going down and when it's going up. It's both of them are your fault. (laughs) If you're going to take responsibility, if that's how you're going to talk about it, when it's going down, it's your fault. And when it's going up, it's your fault. So figure out why it's going up. We don't need to, we don't even need to figure it out. We know why it's going up. People ain't got shit. Yeah. East of the river. You put all your development on the other side and a little bit of development you put over here is to push people out. You didn't yeah. make deals with the people who put their buildings over here to say once you finish this building, you must hire 60 to 70% of the people from this area to work in your buildings. And if you do put those things in, you don't enforce them. Because I know she did do it for for one of the one of the people who made a, who built a building over at the uh, at Saint Saint Elizabeth's. Uh, I don't know which company it was specifically, but she doesn't enforce it, right? What happens if the company doesn't employ seventy yeah. percent of people from this area? What happens if the company employs people not from this area and then they move to this area? So now it counts, right? Those are the things mm-hmm. she's engaged in. That's what she's talking about. She don't give up fuck about no goddamn gun violence and so i hate the conversation of mary mary about taking a stance on gun violence by declaring yeah. in a public health emergency get out of here she does not care about the the gun violence yeah. because if she did there are a million and four solutions to the gun violence that's occurring in dc not one of them involves declaring it a public health crisis not one of them involves putting more police officers on the street and not one of them involves performative actions that only seek to help you with your re-election you want to do something about gun violence? Yeah. Give people food. Stop cutting food stamps if you want to do something about gun violence. Stop cutting Social Security if you want to do something about gun violence. Make it so that people don't have $10,000, $5,000, $3,000, $1,000 worth of back rent because they can't afford to pay their rent right now. Stop letting people get evicted because they're too poor. People who get evicted from their house for not paying their rent should be the people who choose not to pay the rent, not the people who physically can't pay it. We need to do something for those people. We need to take care of those people. And she don't care about taking care of people. Yeah. She cares about taking care of herself. Her resume. <laughs> but yeah, I, I definitely agree with you, bro. I, like, I need another drink. Yeah, you nailed it on that, bro. <laughs> especially, <laughs> especially with housing, man. Like, I don't think, like, this is the fact that we've, like, normalized <clears throat> paying so much for housing. It's crazy. Like, especially when this is a necessity. You know what I'm saying? We could we could go off on onto uh, well, I just want to mention briefly, and this oh, yeah. is kind of a tangent, but we're talking about housing. So there's a a, a woman, um I didn't I don't know her personally. Um, but many people people do, especially east of the river. Mm-hmm. Um, she, she, she I, I'm, 
I bet she's known for, for many things, but unfortunately I only knew her as the woman that lived underneath um, 295 overpass on Pennsylvania Avenue. And apparently she lived there for 10 years. And from this most recent winter storm, she passed away. Mm. Yeah. And, to, and today, well, I guess yesterday now, but they had like a, like not a vigil, but just like a little get together like the community did. And I meant to go, but I just hey, kind of slipped my You mind. know what they're but, decreasing yeah. in D.C.? Homeless shelters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Come on, DC's man. Some Come on, man. And this is not the only homeless person that, that homeless uh, person that or displaced person that has uh, passed away from like re- this year from like all these crazy winter storms. Like it's crazy. It's real out here, man. Hypothermia yeah. is is real. That is crazy. I thought Syracuse was on some. Don't get me wrong. They do. DC does a lot of things yeah. right, but they ain't they ain't perfect. There are there's a lot of good that can be done that they're not, you know, on. And and like I said, they have they're decreasing decreasing beds for homeless people in DC. Not increasing them. They're not building more shelters. They're not building more beds. They're decreasing them. And I don't know if y'all yeah. have been. Maybe if y'all work with BS, no. y'all did the kitchen one year. But I don't know if y'all have been to the homeless shelters yeah. in DC. They ain't all that. <laughs> it's not like a five star yeah, hotel. Yeah, yeah. The food ain't that great, and the beds ain't that great, right? So it ain't even like they're putting a lot of money mm-hmm. into the yeah. existing facilities. Yeah. Yep. And in DC, eighty eight percent of displaced or homeless people are black. So I saw a tweet today. It's like that's crazy. Don't, don't, yeah, I saw a tweet today. It's like basically don't ignore this. That it, don't ignore that this is a racial issue, and yeah. I think I think a lot of it stems from criminal justice system, or the, the prison system, and just how hard it is to re-enter society when you're essentially blackballed from housing, employment, mm-hmm. benefits, especially so much. a place like DC. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. When they have the the discretion, and I was going to mention this as well with um. When we're talking about housing, like affordable housing, just like how they they when they when they say mixed affordable housing or mixed mixed income housing, they dedicate like twenty, you know, twenty, 20 units mm-hmm. out of like five hundred units to people that don't meet the income or like below you know the poverty level. It's yeah. fucking no, it's for fucking my job, um, when they uh, create our salaries, they adjust it based on where you live. And DC has the highest adjustment. I think DC and New York for for my job have the highest adjustments in in LA, which is adding thirty percent onto your salary, so you can afford to live there. Damn! Come on, man! Come on! It's tough, are you? Like especially like us three, but we are we are blessed, bro. Facts, big facts. I'll never not acknowledge that. Just blessed to to do everything that, like our daily in our daily lives, that us as humans that we think are rights, you know, housing, yeah. having food, yeah. crazy. Yeah. 
I'll be thinking about it all the time. Like even like there was like that, you know, that twenty year old uh, activist in Myanmar. I think I said it right. Mm. Um, who got shot in the head? Because uh, she was she was like protesting the coup because the yeah, military took that. over the government over there. <laughs> I'm like, dang, like. I mean, we be dealing with stuff over here too. Like, I ain't, I ain't even gonna act like America don't get crazy. I mean, they already literally officers literally joking a couple months ago how they was like riding over uh, protesters' heads with a bike after they made them like have to be on the ground, like all types, all types of crazy stuff. But I'm just like, dang, like, and definitely be like organizing here is crazy, but like definitely other places is like it's yeah. just the stuff people have to even advocate for is just ridiculous in the way they just but look don't don't let that dilute what you do here because there are people in other countries that look at us and go the stuff that they have to do the things that they have to fight for are things we could never Mm -hmm. imagine fighting for right it's it's people in other countries that can never never imagine fighting their government in order to provide health care right that's something that's specific to us in developed nations that that's that's well, well, both sides. Some people are so oppressed they they yeah. can't they don't have so a voice. I, yeah, no, I I, I agree. But what I'm saying is because I know I see a lot of people using that argument that it's worse in other places. So you know what are we really protesting about? But you so, know I just want to you know let it be known yeah, just nah, because it's I, worse in other places doesn't well, mean you shouldn't I, make things better for you. We shouldn't. Be you know that means you should care about those exactly. issues and your issues. We can walk and chew gum at the same time. And I don't know why people think we can't, but we can walk and chew exactly. gum at the same time. Care about their issues and care about your issues. You don't have to go, well, this is worse than what I'm going through, so I shouldn't do anything about my per- current position. No. Do something about both. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I was, I was, I was, I was, uh, what was I going to say? <laughs> Shit, I don't even remember. My bad, bro. <laughs> But yeah, no, I, I definitely, I definitely agree with that. This nigga, <laughs> but nah, that's bro. I think a great example of, uh, and you know we've been talking about this a lot, especially today. But a great example of where America comes short versus every country. That damn prison system, bro. Yeah. That and, that that and everything else, like shit. Literally, like, <laughs> the, literally, like the only freaking, the only like wealthy country that came close to like the number of civilian deaths, uh, by by police, was Canada. Do you know? Second There's place. second. Ours, ours. Go ahead, go ahead. It, hold on, hold on. Let me go. Let me go. Let me go. Let me go. Ours. So our count. I think this was from 2018. They recorded it. Ours was like one thousand something. Yeah, Canada was thirty-two. They're number two. <laughs> thirty-two, and for the same, and they're they're literally number two. And even if you adjust for population, I forgot their ours is still like ten times per capita. Brother, I think man. I did the math, something like that. And I'm just like, bruh, there, there is no way. <laughs> now look, I'm like, this is why I'm we glad we started abolishing the police. So now, no, I'm glad we started this podcast so I can get this information out there because I because I'm going to come back. You know, we, I'm going to do you know America exit to Canada. Um, so y'all already know at some point I'm going to move to Canada. Now, 
I don't just want to move to Canada because they have free health care. That's not the only reason. It's a lot of it's a lot of countries. Yeah, it's a lot yeah, of countries yeah. that have free health care. So why would I choose Canada? Well, let me explain to you. Because it well, it's like the winter. winter. That's my That's favorite season. Oh, yeah. But, um, big fact. Go ahead with that. TJ is off the podcast, y'all. All right, look. But listen, listen, listen. So the reason... I want to move to Canada is because I have a higher chance of living as a black man in Canada. Let me explain this. In America, after heart disease and cancer, the number one cause of death for black men is homicide. Okay? The number one killer in that category are police officers. Okay? In Canada... Homicide for black men is leading cause of death 22, 23. It's in the 20s. And everything Damn. else above it Damn. are natural causes. So different diseases that are natural causes Damn. above, Heart disease. A, 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 above yeah. homicide, right? <laughs> so almost anything else will kill you in Canada as a black man but homicide. And even the homicide numbers, as, as as you were told, thirty two by a police officer, and they don't guns aren't permitted in to be like it's not it's not an open carry anything situation over there. You can have a gun, but you got to go through a lot of shit to get it. And if you use it, you better have a real good reason for using it, or your ass going away for a long time in Canada, and you're gonna get a fine. So it's un it's less likely as a black man, that you will die or be murdered, rather, in Canada than in the United States. That's why I want to move to Canada, because I will not be murdered in Canada, most likely. Whereas most likely, if I die in America, I'll be murdered. What the fuck? Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. <laughs> And black women have a 35% chance of being killed, or, or I'm sorry, black women have a 35% chance uh, of dying by homicide. Yeah. Mm. 35% chance mm. of dying by homicide by virtue of being a black woman. It, go, it gets lower as you get like past 40, but yeah. We gotta get up. We gotta get up out of here. We gotta get up out of here, and we gotta hold it Oh down yeah, I'm coming back and helping everybody get passports. Cause look, I'll say no, but I'm serious. There's a dual <laughs> mission here, right? There's the mission of liberation for the people here, and liberation in terms of people who don't want to be here. Right. I see my role in our mission as getting as many people who don't want to be here out. And I, and, and I think that's that's a good part of the mission for black people. There are going to be some people who want to stay here, who want to fight. And I, and I commend those people. And I'll help those people. And I'll assist those people in whatever ways I can. But there are going to be people like me who want to leave and who don't want to come back unless something you know substantial has changed in, in for, for our people. There are going to be people who don't want to be here and who don't have the means to leave yet. And that's where I see my role, coming back and helping as many people as I can to get, not necessarily to Canada, to Canada, but to whatever country they want to be in, and whatever situation they want to be in. So people might want to go, you know, Bermuda or I don't know, 
What's a, what's a sunny country? I don't know. I only look at the winter countries. Oh, Japan's pretty sunny. Nah, actually, no. Japan's really rainy. I'm sorry. What you gonna call this movement, brother? So what you gonna call this movement? Black Exodus. (laughs) (laughs) Nah, somebody already used that. They they using they using that for leaving the Democratic Party. So I can't use that anymore. (laughs) They're gonna call it the Black Migration. Yeah, I think that's that's something that's fitting. That's already happened. Well, it's the second Black Migration. This has to be the. Third wave. Third okay. wave. Third wave. Stop hating. Third wave. What you mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah, actually, yeah. Third wave black migration. <laughs> Bang. <laughs> so wherever. Look, if you say that you want to live, because I know some people who, who have already left who live in, like, Costa Rica or Brazil. If you say that those are the countries you want to mm-hmm. be in, all right. I'm not going to question what country you want to go to. I'm going to yeah. just help you get there. <laughs> Brazil. I mean, Brazil. I mean, I, I wouldn't choose Brazil either. But like, <laughs> if that's what you that's want, the highest, that's the largest. Yeah. I wouldn't choose yeah, I mean, Brazil personally. But if that's what you yeah, want, well, that's what you <laughs> want. Yeah, I mean, black people. Why can't we just all be? You know, we're talking about unity. Why can't we all just go to the same place? Everybody I mean, ain't gonna want to go to Canada, bro. No. I don't think that's everybody ain't gonna want to go to Canada. Sorry, right. so people gonna want to yeah. go to warm places. Look, Costa Rica is really nice, from what I've heard. Uh, so probably a lot of people, or maybe you know, some people yeah. might want to immigrate to. Well, you know, if as long as you're not LGBTQ, you could probably immigrate to Jamaica, um, you know, or, or or Haiti. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's gonna be people who want to go all over the place. People gonna want to be cold. People gonna want to be warm. People gonna want to be you know where it's a lot of shade. So you know, it's 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 not a I'm, I'm not trying to put black people in one country because there ain't no purpose in doing that. Right? I'm just trying to put okay. black people in situations <laughs> that are favorable to them and where they want to be. That's it. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this week's episode of the Black House Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it and that you'll tune in for the next one. Until then, we bid you adieu.